Thank you for joining us for Dwelling Place Lithia Podcast. We hope this message will help you find your identity in Christ and create growth in your life. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to take everybody back to a place in time when there was a lot of uncertainty going on. You know, just three days ago, the man that, that they believed to be the Savior was crucified and put in a tomb. For all these years that these disciples and these followers of Jesus, they followed Him. Everywhere He went, He could get in a boat and go to the other side and they would race to meet Him there. You know, that kind of a Savior, that kind of a, a person that you would follow... How many of y'all would do that? You see a guy, gets in a boat and leaves, you probably go home. But they would race around to beat him to where he was going so he could get some rest from these people. How many of y'all ever needed some rest from some people? (laughs) Sometimes you just need some rest from some people. Just being real. I'm not a sugar coater, so you ain't going to get no sugar coating from me. If you don't like what I say in one sentence, pay attention for the next sentence. Maybe you'll like that. But they would follow him. And I can't even imagine being on that side of the cross and seeing the one that I believe to be the Savior crucified and put in a tomb dead, lifeless. Can you imagine that? Like it's easy for us because we're on this side of the cross. And it's easy for us to look at their unbelief and say, ye of little belief. But if we were there, we would have little belief too and be looking for another. Like John the Baptist when he was in prison, believing Jesus to be the one sent his disciples and said, are you him? Because I thought you were him. But now I'm in chains. And now I'm in bondage. Now I'm having a hard time in life. You don't, you don't look like what I thought you were going to look like. How many of us have looked on Christ and he didn't look like what we thought he was going to look like? It tells us in Isaiah, um, the suffering servant, Isaiah chapter 53, it tells us that, you know, all these movies where they show Jesus as a, as a handsome guy, good looking, Isaiah 53 gives a different picture. If you want to look at Isaiah 53 just real quick, I'm kind of skipping ahead of myself, but we got a little bit different of a picture here than what we typically think of, of our Savior. It says here, Isaiah 53, starting at verse 1, it says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a grass, or sorry, and like a root out of parched 
ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor an appearance that we should be attracted to him. That's a different definition of a Savior that we typically think about. Paul said it like this. He had been beaten. And I believe it was the, Col- the Colossians that he said, or Galatians, one of them two, he said that you would have plucked out your own eyes and gave them to me. Because he wasn't looking very nicely after being stoned. So the point is, sometimes what, what is Jesus in front of you doesn't look pretty. Sometimes what you think He's calling you to doesn't look pretty. The cross was not pretty. If anybody's ever seen the Passion of the Christ, that's acting. And that is a very hard scene to get through. Watching that. Imagine being there in real time. And watching this. It's a different Savior than we typically think about. I'm going to get on to something a little bit happy. So back at a different place and time where there were people that were wondering... What's going to happen now? We don't gave our lives to this man. We followed him everywhere. And now we don't know what to do. Have you ever found yourself in that position where you gave yourself fully to something? The disciples said when Jesus asked if they were going to leave him too like the others because Jesus offended them. Said you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Resort to cannibalism. That's what they thought. And they left and he said y'all going to leave me too. And they're like where are we going to go? We left everything for you. Some of us haven't. I, 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 don't, I find out every day there's things that I could leave for Jesus that I thought that didn't have a seat in front of Him. How many things in our lives have a seat in front of Him? So Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 13... I like to read a lot of scripture, so buckle up. It says, and behold, two of them. We don't know which two of them it was. There's a lot of speculation to what two of them it was. Some say it could have been Peter. Some say it was Cleopas, the husband to one of the five Marys that's mentioned in the Gospels. There's a lot of them. Some say it's the supposed brother of Joseph, Christ's father. We don't really know. But it says, and behold, two of them were going. Remember, Jesus said for us to go two by two. See, even in the time of struggle, you didn't find these guys by themselves. We should never be alone. Because when we're alone, that's when we can get ambushed. See, the enemy would love for you to be alone in your despair and your struggles and your hard times. Even when we find ourselves in sin, we find ourselves alone. Nobody likes to sin in front of people. We do that on our own so nobody can see it. 
I would present to you that if you would keep yourself from being alone, maybe you would find yourself in some least, more, least amount of compromising positions. Because nobody wants people to find out what they do alone. I know everybody in here is saints. If you haven't been alone and questioned whether or not you would want somebody to see you doing something, you're either a saint or you should spend a little more time with the Lord. There's things that I hear people say that I, you think is kind of funny, and I'm like, I'm, I'd never tell Jeremy that. <laughs> I'd never tell Sean that or Anthony that. Like, I don't want people to hear that come out of my mouth, you know. I guess that's how you know you're growing. It says, and they were talking to each other about these things, and I'm going to try and make this quick as I can. And they were talking to each other about these things which had taken place. You know, all the things about the crucifixion and stuff. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still looking sad. One of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only, are you only, the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which just happened here in these days? Like, how could you not know? Like, everybody who was everybody was there. Scripture tells us that the sky turned black. Like, how could you not know? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, in the sight of God and all people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to to the sentence of death. And crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, it is the third day since these things had happened. See, they were waiting. If if he was going to show back up, it was going to be on that third day. Besides, it's the third day. But also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early this morning and did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of an angel who said that he was alive. Now they were sad. They must not have believed the women. I'm just saying, if they, if they showed up and told you, I seen them, you would think they would be happy. But it says they were sad. So it must have been like, y'all don't know what y'all are talking about. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb to verify, you know. We've got to verify what they're saying. And found it exactly as the women had said. But him they did not see. As a reminder to us that us husbands and fathers ain't always right. And 
he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets had spoken. Was it, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things to enter his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he, prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he were going to go further. Sneaky. Some of them, times people call him Jehovah Sneaky. He acted like he was going to go further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it's getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he had reclined at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it, and break it. breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate, the, relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. So on this day over 2,000 years ago, these guys had an encounter, and we were talking about how, how Christ had encountered people. What do you think that they could have been talking about? It says in Malachi 3.16, then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord gave attention and heard it. He hears us. Jesus tells them, how, how can you not know what, the, what Moses, all the way up to the prophets, what they prophesied about me? In Deuteronomy 18, 15, Moses writes, that there is going to be a prophet like me that's going to come. Moses writes here in Deuteronomy 18, 15, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen. You shall listen to him. This is according to all that you asked of the Lord your God and Haram on the day of assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God. Let me not see this great fire any more, or I will die. The Lord said to me, Then I have spoken, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command them. See, because the Israelites, they didn't want to speak to the Lord. And when Moses spent too much time on the mountain, they decided to take the gold that they had and fashion themselves another mediator. Because they didn't want to, to mediate with themselves with God. 
They wanted somebody to mediate for them. And since Moses obviously must have disappeared, we're going to make this golden calf that's going to be our mediator. So Jesus is our mediator between us and the Father. Deuteronomy 34 tells us that after Moses died that there hadn't been any other prophet like him raised up. So much so that the religious leaders thought it was John the Baptist in John 1.21. They say, are you, are you the prophet? He said, no, no, I'm not the prophet. See, they were still, at that time, they were still looking for this appearance of the prophet. In John 6, 14, this will all make sense. John 6, 14, see after they saw the sign of the fragments of the bread, John 6, 14, it says, Therefore, when the people saw a sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. In John 8, he said, Jesus said that when you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am He. And then we have an account in Matthew 27 where after Jesus was crucified and died, that they said, surely He was the Christ. See, these got to be some of the things that I think that Jesus was talking to these two on the road about. Because it was all laid out. You had the Old Testament scriptures that prophesied of him to come. And then you had the events of the time now where these things happened. I haven't found enough references to share what I'm going to share, but I did find one that validated it in a Bible dictionary, so I'm going to share it. But I like to find it in more than one place before I share stuff and say something is so. So take it as such. But I learned recently that when you look at the Second Temple period, that you had the outer courts, the inner courts, and the Holy of Holies, and each of those had a doorway or a curtain hanging to be a doorway into each place. And I learned recently that those three doorways were named the way, the truth, and the life. So I find it fitting that Jesus said, I'm the way, and I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. He's the only way that we get into the outer courts, He's the only way that we get into the inner courts, and He's the only way that we get into the Holy of Holies. Amen. He also said that if you tear down this temple, I'll build it back in three days, because He referenced His body as the temple. That's why I find it more, more easy to believe that that was an accurate description than not, because he made a lot of references of his body being the temple. 
I also find it very interesting that we have another account at the very beginning of creation and Adam and Eve to when they had a meal and their eyes were opened to knowledge of good and evil. So good and evil had to always be there. They just didn't see it or recognize it or know what evil was. And here we have an account of these two recognizing Jesus in the breaking of bread, which we're going to do this morning. I often wonder how they knew it was him with the breaking of the bread. Because they made a point to tell the others, we knew it was him as soon as he broke that bread. How do you recognize in the breaking of bread or going to somebody's house and having a meal with them that they're a brother? How do you know? I also think that it's very interesting that in the temple... You had the table of showbread. Have y'all read about the table of showbread? There was 12 loaves of bread on the table of showbread in the Holy of Holies. And on the Sabbath, the priests would eat it, and then they would make new bread, unleavened bread, to put in the temple of the Holy of Holies. Because it was a representation of the 12 tribes of Israel and the covenant that the Lord had with Israel. So I think that these are some of the things that Jesus may have been talking about, showing himself in Scripture. You do these things, going into the temple, you, you have these places, you do these different rituals about me. I'm all over the place in this book because it's his story. So we have a questionnaire. i got four questions for us to go over at our tables. I don't want to spend too much time talking because this is about us getting together and communing. So there's four questions in there on this paper here. So the, the first question for us to talk about is, what other scriptures do you think Jesus may have been talking about with these two on the road to Emmaus? The second question is, what do you think that the eye, why do you think that their eyes were open when Jesus broke bread? How do you think that this encounter impacted these two later in their lives? And the last question is, put yourself in their sandals. How would you have handled this discussion? So if y'all want to get into groups, if you're sitting at a table that you've set up previously, please move. And uh, let's discuss this, and then afterwards we'll take some communion. We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, please share it. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at dwellingplacelithia.org forward slash donate. We'll see you next week, and may God bless you and your family.